What's up, fellas, and welcome to episode 12 of the Grown Man Podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Kersey, and on today's show, we have Carter Hamrick, Wealth Management Advisor with Music Row Wealth Management in Nashville, Tennessee. Carter has been a buddy of mine for years now, which is wild to say, six or seven years. And what I admire so much about Carter is just the way that he has, through different seasons in his life, whether it's adoption or in his marriage or in his career, just kind of leaned into what God is calling him to in a way that is strikingly humble and yet also really bold at the same time. And so I'm excited to uh, have Carter share some of his story on the show with us today. If you love what you hear, do us a favor and leave us a quick rating and review on iTunes. That really helps us get this message, get these conversations that we hope to be the norm for more men uh, to get these conversations in their ears so that they can start to learn from the men that are on the show, apply some of the knowledge and wisdom and experiences that are being shared here, but also start to have some of these conversations with other mentors or other men in their community as well. So leave us a quick rating review. And if you haven't already, jump over to grownmanproject.com, get subscribed to the weekly newsletter so that you don't miss any of these podcasts or any of the other invitations to live events or other resources that we're going to be putting out there throughout 2020. And with that, let's dive into the show. Hey! Carter, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, man. I'm a, I'm a longtime Curtis Kersey fan. Kurt Kersey. So, man, I wanted to invite you onto the show uh, because I'm, I'm just such a fan of, of yours. I just remember, I, I've just seen you, I feel like, over the years just always lean into whatever God is calling you to, mm. uh, be that in your, your personal life, your family life, uh, or in your work life. And so I'm just excited to kind of dig into, uh, how you've positioned your heart towards God. And I think just your story is going to, going to impact a lot of men and the way they think about their, their own journeys, their own walks with, with the Lord. Mm. Well, if that happens, and I, I pray that's the case, that is, that will only be from uh, the Lord putting something on my heart to share. Because I'm I'm over here feeling like, man, I'm a mess. Like, if you're ready to have like a counseling session, then like, let's go. Because um, I got a lot of issues that I'm trying to deal with daily. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's part of the journey. That's totally part of the journey, brother. Outside looking in. For sure. So more than even more than normal, I feel like I'm in this season of like just trying to be humble and learning what humility looks like as opposed to the normal. Oh, everything's great. Like my typical (laughs) MO, uh, Mm -hmm. which is really a gift. So Mm. that's where I am. That's where you've caught me. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm I'm grateful for already that that vulnerability. So as we jump into this thing, uh, you're in the wealth management world now, which is how we met each other. Well, however long ago that was, five six years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, but before that, you were making a run at the country music world, right? So take us take us back, take us back to country music star Carter Hamrick. And oh, uh, and tell us a little bit of your story, man. Oh man, country music star is such a far, far, 
<laughs> exaggeration. Uh, no, man, I grew up playing music, my family, and singing, leading worship, and um, leading worship on on Sundays and Wednesdays, and uh, and then playing at the Tin Roof, like a bar here in Nashville. Um, mm. Back in the college days, we would walk up Music Row and put posters of myself up, which is not vain at all. You know, it's just, it's just <laughs> part of the gig when you're uh, trying to make your way in the music world. And um, started dating Lindsay, my wife, and the night before I left for college um, up here in Nashville. And um, we kept dating all through school. She ended up, up going to the same school. And um, as I was progressing in my relationship with her and realizing, like, this is the woman I want to marry and continuing to have music experience, whether that be, you know, having local success, like back in Alabama, um, you know, playing some fun shows. I got to open for Brett Michaels one time, which was super random. Uh, we didn't get to hang or anything. I never met him. That was basically the guy that, yeah, they needed to fill a spot. So, um, but anyway, it's got to do some cool stuff that realize like I'm not really cut out to do the purely creative career as a songwriter or an artist. Um, those guys, and as I now know, like being blessed to work with so many of them, they're just a special type person, you know, that has to go through a lot to be able to get to do what they do and. I looked at that and was like, I don't know if I'm ready to like fully commit to that. And um, so that's kind of how I got introduced to financial planning world and specifically to Tracy Hackney, who's now my business partner, was also in that world. He was in the music world and then kind of got out and started doing financial planning for uh, folks in the music industry. And I met him and was like, tell me how to do what you do. <laughs> um, and now you know, seven years later, I guess, eight years later, so humbled and blessed to be, to be doing that, you know, to, mm. and more um, of mm. what like that kind of vision that the Lord put in my heart back and uh, it's 2012 when I first started. Mm. So I love that, brother. I love that. And, I, and I, I'm excited to dig into like what life is like at Music Row Wealth Management and working with the clients that that you do. Uh, before we talk about that, though, I'm curious, like what, what was your faith life like when you came to realize that like the country music journey wasn't wasn't quite for you it was like prayer life part of that decision process or not so much or talk to me a little bit about that yeah i mean i would like to say like oh man i prayed and i got this great clarity like um <laughs> and you know my prayer life has been more like i do a lot of journaling i do a lot of like you know i need my like introverted time with the Lord before, especially now more than ever, like 
before kids get up and life gets crazy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like those are the times where I'm writing out like, you know, whether it be things like, Hey, here's an idea I have that I'm kicking around and I'll journal that, which is, it's kind of a, a prayer slash a brainstorming session. Like I want the Lord's input, you know, mm-hmm. like I want him to be part of the creative process. I still see myself like very much a creative person at heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, use that with within our family or within our business. Um, but all that to say, I, I think like looking back on that season where I was trying to decide what to do with my life. <laughs> I mean, that's a scary time. Like, yeah, like I remember sitting down on Excel and putting together our first budget. You know, like I think once Lindsay and I like got engaged and, you know, dad was like, Hey, here's how much your student loans are. And here's how much insurance normally costs. I was just like, what in the world? Like how do people do this? Um, but that's, that's kind of been always been my, my prayer life, you know, MO, if you will, is like mm. spending time thinking and planning out in a, like a communal way with the Lord. Um, mm. Sometimes I do too much talking and not enough listening in that process. Mm. But I feel like when the, I feel like the Lord gives men and women, um, visions and desires like in their heart and i i try to take those and kind of cross test them with like is this wise Mm. because i get a lot of crazy ideas that it's like hey it's not wise to take your whole family to you know hawaii on like whatever 10 hour flight and that's not going to be as fun as you think when your kids are up at 2am because they don't know what time it is you know like (laughs) uh, it could be something like that or it could be like you know hey i think we're going to leave this big financial firm that we've been at for seven years six years and start Mm -hmm. something totally new that i don't really know what it's going to look like i feel like the lord makes it clear on if that is going to be wise or not or if that's just something that you know, your pride talking or something that's not the Lord. Mm. That's powerful in and of itself. I I know though, probably a lot of guys, myself included, are thinking like, how does that actually happen? Like, how does the Lord impart that wisdom? What's been your, your experience? Like, how do you actually know like, Oh, God's trying to tell me that's not wise or that is wise. Yeah. I mean, I think about Proverbs. I try to read a lot of Proverbs and do the I don't do the like one verse or one chapter a day for the days of the months, but that's such a great practice. Um, and a lot of, I think about Proverbs though, where, you know, he, he talks about plans fail for lack of counsel and like having many advisors. So I think that, I think that's one way that you test that the wisdom of something is by bringing it to people that um, can speak truth in your life. And for me, Lindsay is kind of number one on that list, not kind of number one. I mean, kind of from a sense of like, obviously I'm taking it to the Lord first, but you know, she's number one on the, the human list. And 
thankfully, you know, the reason that we got married was because I, I feel like we balance each other out well. She is very like logistical and planning oriented and can see things that I don't see. And she handles those ideas that I have like with grace and, you know, realizes that like if I'm coming to her and being like, hey, I've got this idea, you know, I think I'm going to leave my job and start this other thing. (laughs) She knows not to be like, "Uh, you're crazy. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like you're an idiot <laughs> but will help me think through that and help me see things help me see my blind spots yeah we had it's so funny we had a podcast episode uh with a guy named matt massey and he talks mm-hmm. about uh the the one spouse is typically the wow and the other spouse is typically the how Ah, that's so good. Uh, I just popped in my head immediately as you were describing that. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I know because I don't know Lindsay that well, but I know you. I know you to be the wow for sure. Yeah. (laughs) That makes sense. The Lindsay's Lindsay's the how. Oh, man, I would be a wreck and a half if I... If I didn't, man, we, we joke, and I think I stole this from Bob Goff, who's like one of my many man crushes. Um, <laughs> but like, she's the string to my balloon. Like if I'm the balloon, she's the string. Mm. Mm. I love that. Grounded in a good way. <laughs> I love that, man. So talking yeah. about like like wise counsel, I know I'd love to dig into your journey a little bit as as you did leave a pretty solid, stable uh, situation at the previous mm-hmm. firm you were with to partner up with your other mentor and quote unquote life partner <laughs> had a real yeah. life partner, uh, yeah. Tracy and, and go after this concept of music row wealth management. Talk, talk to us a little bit about just kind of that journey and, and what that's been like for you guys the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to, I don't know when I, when I took that strengths finder tech, test like in college one of the strengths that popped up that has always stuck out to me is context which Mm. is basically like I really value and need older mentors and like you know talking to people about their experience and kind of taking that and applying it to my situation and I would say that Tracy was at the top of that list because I looked at him and said, like, that's someone that I could be like or want to be like from a professional standpoint and a personal standpoint. Mm. Just the way he carried himself, the way, you know, he cared for his clients and the clients he was serving. You know, most of them were in the music industry. And that's what, like, fueled my fire to do financial planning in the first place was to still be part of the creative community here in Nashville and beyond. Um, but kind of be on the other side of it or mm. on a different side of it. And so as we started talking about that, there weren't many options of how to structure that it, you know, at our current job. And when he was like, Hey, I'm considering, or I, I remember telling him like, Hey, by the way, like if you were thinking about leaving, like I'm down, you brought it up to him first yeah and because i think he had people talking to him about it um and i remember him saying like oh well like okay if you're in for that like i think let's get 
let's get serious about that option because we wanted to be on the same side of the table mm-hmm. and be able to work, you know, for our clients together and there not be this sense of, you know, for me, it was always like, oh man, I'd love to work with this person or that person, but like, they're probably going to work with Tracy. And like, I was excited about that. Like, I'm glad they work with him, but like, we ran totally separate businesses. So I was like, why am I excited? I should be mad. (laughs) (laughs) And on his end, you know, he had some, some clients that were being underserved. Not that they weren't getting, you know, great service still, but it could probably go deeper with some of them that he didn't have the capacity for. So it made sense, you know, from that standpoint and, and to be able, able to just like focus a hundred percent on serving the music industry and the unique nature of, of that world was really what drove us. That, that has to be like, you know, you and I have caught up sparingly over the last couple of years. You guys left, how long ago did you start music role wealth management? It was June of 2017. Okay. Left. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a little over two years. That mm-hmm. has to that had to have just been like a huge sigh of relief to really be focused in on serving the the type of folks that just make your heart happy, right? Yeah. Yeah. It it was. I mean, again, I feel like the Lord puts certain people in your life and like just your experience and your passions. I think he does that on purpose. And um it just made sense, you know, like we didn't know exactly what even our deal was going to look like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and it changed so much. Like when we first started, as I think I've told you, it's like our plan was kind to keep doing what we're doing, but just kind of focus on music people. And so I was going to have my clients. He was going to keep having his clients. And as we kind of got into it, it was like, wait, this doesn't make sense. Like you need to be freed up from more stuff so that you can, you know, continue bringing on more of the the people we can help the most. Mm. And I can take some of this planning work off your table and free you up to do that. And he's also kind of a workhorse mentality. And I'm more of like a big picture, oh, we could do this. We could do that. And he's (laughs) sometimes to a fault. Like sometimes I have to tell him like, hey, this is just an idea. Like I'm not, we don't need to actually go do this tomorrow. But, you know, he's such a great partner to have in that world because he's trusts me and allows me to kind of explore other things that we want to do as a business that, because now that we're focused solely in the music world, you know, it makes sense like as a way to just further like go deeper with our clients in that world as opposed to expanding who we're working with, just going deeper on how we're working with them. Mm. What is that? Talk to me a little bit about like what that that has been like over the last couple of years. Was it like open the doors at Music Row Wealth mm. Management and all of a sudden every who's who of Nashville celebrities come walking in your door or what, how how is that? What does that look like? You know, I am the beneficiary of Tracy's like spending 15, 20 years now, like developing trust of some key relationships. Mm. And that was the other reason that I was like, so I could spend another 20 years here by myself and wait for Tracy to retire. Or I could just go, you know, join him 
and uh, unashamedly ride his coattails, you know, be introduced to some of these people and like help serve them. Hmm. So it looks very different from my business when I was just by myself as a, you know, 25, 26 year old, like trying to do financial planning. I was working with a lot of my peers and the needs were just very different than, you know, Tracy being 47, 48 years old, like just his peers are more, they have more complex going on or things going on. And, but we do get a lot of people that come to us as opposed to in my previous role where it was like, you know, I was, I was working hard to get in front of people all the time. And I think that has to do with his reputation, way he takes care of people and those relationships. And I think some of it is now from like a branding perspective, from a feel of our office perspective, like Mm. it, we we're more in the music industry than we are in the finance industry, Mm. which is so fun. (laughs) I guess so, man. (laughs) It sounds fun. It's like from an outside looking in perspective, I'm just like, I'm picturing this financial planning firm that doesn't feel like a financial planning firm at all. Uh, it feels like a studio and have, have you watched, have you watched ballers at all on HBO? No, I haven't. Dude. So they, so basically the concept of the show, at least in the first season was like, they're, they're a financial investment management firm serving professional mm. athletes. And it's basically like the, the whole idea of like trying to, be one of be like one of the athletes so that you can like you said kind of be more in that world than you are in the investment management world so i'm just picturing like you and you and tracy with your guitars out sitting there with clients talking about annuities (laughs) that would be like the that would not pass the sniff test in our world it's such a fine line between like you know i'm not I don't have like my, like, Hey, here was my album cover. Like when I was, you know, in 20, like <laughs> when I was a senior in high school, like, don't worry, I'm a musician. <laughs> like <laughs> uh, that would not fly. I try to keep that under wraps and you know, it's like, it's different than it's one thing to say like, Hey, we are creative people that work only in the music industry or like we laugh about, there's a lot of ads and some of the, trade magazines and stuff that are like, you know, we're, we're your backstage support while you're the star. And it's like, eh. <laughs> I don't think that passes a sniff test on somebody that makes a living saying things with intentionality mm. and being creative. Like our clients are such deep thinkers. I mean, for, for a living, they figure out how to say things that people can't say for themselves. Mm. And our mission, like as planners, is to help them be more creative and and, and help them foster that ability. Mm. And if we can do that by like taking money worries off the table or by communicating their financial plan in a way that brings in peace and, you know, fosters that creativity, like that's what drives us. You know, it's just helping them think big picture about like, hey, why are you doing what you're doing? Mm. And do you want to do it forever? Like, what would it take financially to be able to spend more time at home? Mm. Or, you know, like, let's deal with some of these mental issues that you're feeling 
as it relates to your money and your job and career. And that's the, that's the exciting kind of like, let's go deeper is on the mental health side of being in this industry. And, you know, it all comes back to like, it's going to, it's going to make you more profitable if you can be more creative and that's a win-win for everybody. Mm. Anyways, I'm rambling. No, that's powerful, man. I love, I love just like hearing, just so much alignment between like what you love and care about and where your heart's at and like what, what you get to, I'm sure there are parts of your day in and day out that aren't all aligned with what you'd love to be doing, but that's why it's called work. Right. But, uh, but I think, you know, there's so much that I hear you talking about that just feels like it's just so aligned with who you are and gosh, what a blessing that is for you to get to serve serve the people you, you, you care about the most. Yeah, it, it really is. And I, I truly believe that the Lord is doing big things in the music industry, Mm. at at least in Nashville, Mm. like at least in our community, which is a small community, you know, the curse and the blessing of being in a niche business is like, you can know everybody and most of them go to breakfast at the same spot mm. every day. Um, so don't screw it up. <laughs> you know, we're like, you're totally done for. Um, but just, you know, it's like we've, we've gotten to have so many good conversations about things that are going on in people's lives or, you know, things that they're feeling that are totally the Lord. Mm. You know, like maybe, maybe they don't verbalize that or maybe they don't realize that, you know, if they're not necessarily believers. Um, but you look at it as a, as a believer and it's like, man, that feeling you're getting is coming from the Holy Spirit. Oh, wow. Like, I mean, you may not be able to put your finger on it yet, but like the Lord's working on your heart and will feel humble and honored to be, to have a seat at the table to help them make, you know, big decisions that a lot of times like you need you know, you need to pray for clarity on some of these decisions that they're making. And, um, and it's just a, yeah, it's an honor to get to be at the table and have conversations about things that matter. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's cool. I'm sure you have some clients that are believers and some that aren't right. I'd imagine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, like how does your relationship with those clients change or what does it look like? Like if they're a believer versus if, if you're like, I know you're not like Bible beaten, mm. but like, what, how does evangelism yeah. kind of come to fruition in those relationships? Yeah. I mean, something that Tracy has said before that's always stuck out to me. And I think it's so true is like that it starts with just serving mm. and doing what you say you're going to do. Like at the end of the day, like, you know, we run a business and if we, you know, we can be the nicest people in the world, but like if we give bad advice on how to invest money or what to do financially, like we ain't going to be open. <laughs> so in order to have that opportunity and have that seat at the table, like you got to deliver on, you know, whether it's results or just the little things like doing what you say you're going to do, which I think builds trust, you know, in us as people, like in the brand of like music, real wealth management. And I think it's at that point 
that you can give credit where credit is due. You know, I, I, an example is like somebody, I feel like the Lord put somebody on my heart, one of my clients on my heart yesterday and just like, man, I need to check in with that person and shot him a text. And I was like, you know, let me know if you need anything or how's it going, you know, something like that. And she was like, we were just thinking about you guys. Like, you know, were your ears on fire or something? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know, that's how the Lord works. Like, hey, when, you know, when can you get together? Mm. And I don't know if that's right or wrong, but I've seen that strategy play out with, you know, with some other good friends that are in the music industry that, you know, it's like they have a platform where they can't, it can't necessarily like get up and, you know, Bible beat from the stage, but the way they live their life and carry themselves and the stuff they sing about and what they are about, I think I know for a fact that people look at and are like, something's different. Mm about them mm-hmm. and maybe they call it like their values are different but like if you ask that person it's like well yeah my values are different because i you know loved and saved by jesus mm-hmm. and you know fueled by the holy yeah, spirit it's like planting that seed like, and just cracking the door a little bit and then letting letting the you know the other person kind of meet you meet you there right right and meet people where they're where they are absolutely mm-hmm. i mean that's what we do financially that's what we do should do spiritually and like obviously I don't have it all figured out so what financially or uh, <laughs> spiritually you know like and we try to be as transparent and open about that as possible mm-hmm. uh, you know to, to build that trust and hopefully walk alongside our clients and whatever they're mm-hmm. going through you know no matter what aspect of life that is. Uh, so. I think that, I think that's powerful, man. Cool. I think that, 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 uh, that's inspiring to me also being in the client service world. Like just that, that mm. perspective is really, really powerful. I know too, uh, moving kind of into like personal life a little bit. I know adoption has been a big part of your and Lindsay's families, the Hamrick family story. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about just kind of that, that Ellis's story and, and your adoption yeah. story? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we knew that we wanted to adopt mm. at some point and felt like the Lord was telling us to adopt first. And, um, and so we kind of started started down that road. We'd been married for four years when we started that process and it went really quick. And we were active like with an agency for like a week or something when we got the phone call about Ellis and, you know, without going into too many details, because we we always want to be sensitive to like telling Mm -hmm. his story before he is old enough to really understand Mm -hmm. it himself. But at the same time, like, Adoption can be so messy. Like it can be so hard. We have so many friends that have adopted that, you know, have been through the failed match journey, have been through, you know, having sick kids, like whatever it is. Like it is so hard. It is so hard as, you know, somebody that's a birth parent, like a birth mother, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking for them. And I feel like, through this process, we just learned so much about God's love and how we are all at the end of the day adopted. Mm. 
into his family and um we have a, a fantastic relationship with Ellis's birth oh, wow. mother, with his half mother. We've gone on some vacations with them. We spent time in their home mm-hmm. city because we want him to know his story and the love that she had for has for him, you know, in making an adoption plan. And, you know, like the reality is like she's he's going to be asking those questions and we're thankful to have the opportunity to like be able to answer some of those with you know because not that's not always the situation and it hasn't always been like that but a lot of that credit goes to Lindsay and her heart for like just maintaining the relationship and like again her being able to see things that I don't see and like hey it's really important that we try to stay in touch like let's work hard to do Mm -hmm. that and then you know credit to Ellis's birth family that has opened their arms to us where like we feel like you know they're just part of our family and that looks different than like when we went on vacation with them it was like hey for better or worse we don't know what this is going to look like (laughs) you know we don't know what this is supposed to look like but you know we felt like this is something that the Lord's put on our heart and you know let's do it and it is amazing you know it's so fun to be like yeah this is this is your story. This is mm. your birth mom. She's awesome. This is, you know, mm. mommy. And she's your forever mom. You know, like learning how to have those conversations. We're still learning. Um, learning what it's be like to be a transracial family. And, you know, just to have our eyes open to that mm-hmm. world. And, you know, has been an incredible gift that comes from, you know, from mm. adoption. It's powerful, man. That's powerful, brother. Again, I just like, I just so acknowledge you for, I, I just have, you know, through our friendship have seen you so many times, just lean into what God is calling you to without really knowing how it's going to shake out. <laughs> <laughs> and just like taking that, that bold step to say, you know, it's okay that I don't, I don't know. I don't need to know but I know this much. And so I'm going to act on this much. Mm. Yeah. I'm thankful to have people in my life, whether that's Lindsay or Tracy from a business perspective that give me the freedom to explore some things, even if they don't work out. Cause there's so many times where like, I'm like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. And start going down that rabbit hole. And it's like, Oh, never mind. This is a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Totally, man. I love to your your point of just like uh, my mind was racing as you were talking about about Ellis, your your adopted son, and just like this this idea of how I wonder too, like how much God has shown you about what it means to be an adoptive father. Mm. Like just you know, uh, like you touched on, like we as adopted sons and daughters of the Father, like how cool it is for you to. Uh, experience what it's like to be an adoptive father and to understand God's character in a different way because of that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. We have a lot of conversations with people. I think it's, it's more common for people to adopt like later in life, maybe, or like once they've had Mm. biological kids and they always ask themselves like, or shouldn't say always, not everybody does, but 
it's a fair question to be like, man, am I going to love this child as much as I love mm. my biological kids? And what we realized with adopting first, and then we had a little girl, S.E. Tate, who you know, was kind of a surprise. And mm. I had those same fears when you know we realized that Lindsay was pregnant, being like, am I going to love this child as much as I love Ellis? And mm. realized like, it has nothing to do with whether you're adopted or you're biological or whatever. Like, it's just a matter of like having another kid. I think mm-hmm. we, have, we only have two. So like, you know, we'll, but we'll probably feel that again with the third one, however they come. It's just, or maybe we won't now that we know like, Hey, you do, you do love them just as much. But like it, it has nothing to do with how they got here. Like Ellis is just as much my son as, you know, S.E. Tate is my daughter. Mm-hmm. And, I'd go to war for either one of them. So anyways, the other, the other thing we think about too is like, you know, Lindsay's my wife. She's family, like at the core, but like, we're not blood related. Yeah. She's, there is some like, some legal side of like, Hey, she, we have a marriage license. So therefore she's my wife. Like we, you have our last name. Therefore you're my son. You know, that like, you can't, sorry, dude, you can't change it. You can't undo it. And, you know, it's the same way with Jesus that is like, you know, sorry, this is the case. Like, you don't have to accept it. Like, I for sure died for you. (laughs) That's right. You're in the family. If you want to be, you're in it. Yeah. Um, If you don't like it, get over it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So anyways. Oh, it's amazing, man. I love that, brother. Any any parting thoughts just for guys that might be listening to the podcast, whether it's around, you know, uh, again, I just think the theme that I see from you is just this just this ability to like lean in and and have surrounded yourself, it sounds like with the right support structure, the right people that give you the encouragement and the and the space, like you said, to be creative and just kind of lean into that that call. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts for guys that might be feeling like they maybe need to do that more often or have done that before and gotten burnt and maybe have some fear around that. Yeah. That's hard. I mean, I, my, what first came to mind was just the advice that I got from a, a mentor, you know, back when I was in college, I think that was the, like, Hey, when the, when you have dreams and ideas that you want to explore, like accept that that is from the Lord, mm. you know, like believe that that is from the Lord and cross test it with wisdom. Mm. And if it passes muster, then like go for it, press mm. in. And I, I've seen that play out so many times again, having plenty of times where like you go down the rabbit hole and it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. But like, that's okay. Like, if that's the worst thing that happens, that is okay. And it's going to lead to something else. But there there have been too many times where it does work out to where you're like, man, I think this feeling is coming from the Lord. And then you keep pressing into it. And then something happens. You're like, oh, yeah, that's for sure. You know, that's for sure from the Lord. It got, the adoption process was definitely like that. Mm. Ellis down to his full name is Elijah Carter. Mm. 
and down to like I was reading reading the word one day and read that verse on like Elijah was a man of God. He prayed when he prayed for it to rain, it rained forever. When he prayed for it to stop, it stopped. And that name, we were in the home study process, that name kind of jumped off the page to me and I was like, we had been wrestling with having a boy or being specific on uh, adopting an African-American male mm. or not, you know, and just seeing what came. Mm-hmm. And we kept feeling like, I think we're supposed to be specific. Like, mm-hmm. is that us being selfish or is that coming from the Lord? You know, mm-hmm. and that name popped out when I was reading and I got home. We were meeting with the social worker for the last time. And I told Lindsay, I was like, I think we're supposed to be specific. And she was like, well, we did. Um, or she was like, I did think of some boy names today and one that really stuck out. And in my head, I'm like, if she says Elijah, <laughs> I'm going to like, I don't know what I'm going to do, faint. And she was like, the name's Ellis, and it's short for Elijah. Oh, my God. And I'm just, I mean, we're puddles at that point. Cause I, I tell her like, they, the re, you know, the reason I said this about, I think we're supposed to be specific is cause I read this first and blah, blah, blah. And our social worker walked in and we're like, you know, like, <laughs> we know what we're supposed to do. Let's do it. And, you know, I think the Lord shows up. Like when yeah. you open the door, the Lord shows up and if you give yourself the freedom to like, Hey, worst case scenario, this doesn't work out. Mm. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's amazing, man. That's so amazing. I, I just love those God moments when he is, he is faithful, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And he cares about the details. Mm. Amen, brother. Well, man, thank you so much for taking the time to share some of your story and share some of just what God is, is showing you and teaching you. And I know that uh, so much of what you shared today is going to impact so many men's lives just to encourage them to, to step out, to take a, take a step forward and lean into whatever God's calling them to. So uh, I love mm. you, brother. And uh, uh, thanks again for coming on here. If people want to connect with you or learn more about what you're up to or get in touch with the firm, where, where should they go? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can give them my email or, uh, the website, I guess, if they want to connect with the firm, musicrowwealthmanagement.com or Facebook. Yeah, just type it into Google. Uh, There's only one. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, man, be careful what, you're, what you come up with there. <laughs> That's perfect, man. Thanks again for being here, brother. All right, bro. Thank you. All right, man. Talk soon. Hey! Man, what a fun episode to record with my good buddy, Carter. Carter, thanks again, brother, for coming on the show and for just sharing your heart and sharing your journey and and where you're at with the Lord, where you're at professionally, where you're at as a father and as a husband. I know that uh, Carter's story has impacted my life, and I know that it's going to impact so many other men that get a chance to listen to this episode. So thanks again, guys, for uh, being a part of our community. If you haven't already, 
jump on over to grownmanproject.com and sign up for the newsletter to make sure you don't miss other podcasts and resources like this one. And uh, if you would take a few minutes, if this show has done anything to encourage you, to inspire you, to draw you into deeper relationship with Christ and other men in your community, take a few minutes and leave us a rating and review. That really helps us get this audio, get this podcast into more ears of men uh, locally and and around the world. So thanks so much for being part of our community. We appreciate you and hope to meet you in person one of these days. But until then, we'll see you here next week. Mm